Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay. <laughs> right, that's the word. Who predicted that by one? Matsuyama is Japan's first Masters champion. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat on the BetQL Audio Network. Hideki Matsuyama entered Masters Sunday with a four stroke lead. He exited. With a one-stroke lead, but the big deal is he gets the green jacket in the 85th Masters. Joe Ostrowski, Ryan Horvat. This is BetQL Daily. And Horvat, I would uh, venture to guess that with Matsuyama taking it all, so he's your outright winner. With so many of the great golfers in the world failing to even make it to the weekend, uh, DJ, Rory, Kepka coming off the injury. I know Cantlay was popular. Berger as well. I would venture to guess that the books did very, very well uh, with the 85th Masters. Let's find out from our guy, Chuck Esposito. He's the race and sports book director at Station Casinos out in Las Vegas. Uh, so, Chuck, how'd you do overall? And what was uh, your Hideki number uh, when this thing kicked off? Hey, guys. First, it's uh, great to be on with you. Overall, it was great. I mean, we had so many different ways to to bet the Masters on the board. There were so many different props. We adjusted every round i mean it just became such a big event you know having it where when you're supposed to have it um in april um we were in mm-hmm. in really good shape uh with matsuyama i mean overall i think we were at he was at a 60 to 1 um at one point we actually took uh several 500 bets on him at 60 to 1 so there definitely was some people that were smiling with those kind of bets but overall mm-hmm. we did really well and you're absolutely right with some of the big guns kind of falling off and, and not making the cut um, the last day, going into that Sunday, the final round, there wasn't a golfer that we lost on that was left. So overall, we were in pretty good shape. Yeah, Chuck, there were a couple of moments when we're like, all right, we have ourselves a tournament. Maybe we'll have some drama. Actually, after the first hole, and, and you see the field kind of gaining on Matsuyama, uh, is very early and then very late, around the 16th hole, I believe, when there was, it, the lead was down to two strokes. But aside from that, there wasn't a ton of pressure from the rest of the field on Matsuyama. I'm wondering with the, the live wagering uh, that people get involved with, did that kind of hurt the overall handle? Yeah, I don't think so that much. Just he hadn't won a tournament in four years. And I think everyone was kind of looking for, for some value, thinking that you know maybe he hits that, that two-hole stretch that is really bad and somebody's able to kind of leak right with him. And then what would the pressure be going into that final hole? But uh, overall, as I said, guys, the handle was great. I mean, it was just so good and being able to adjust it after every day and, and guess asking about it and looking at it and all the props that were on the board. I mean, it, it took, 
it was the prime big screen with audio in our sports books over the weekend. That's kind of what the demand was. I know we had baseball, basketball, and, and hockey going on, but I think everybody was intrigued with the Masters. And, and always on Sunday, uh, when they tee off on that back nine with the guys that are left, it just adds an extra element to excitement in the book overall. Chuck, have you seen any action as far as the U.S. Open or the PGA Championship? Any popular golfers so far? Just a little bit, but nothing that's really moved the needle yet. I mean, we're we're on top of it as well. I mean, like everything else in an information era, we're watching this. So golfers that do well, I mean, we're adjusting those prices and moving guys kind of up and down the board with what we see as well. I suspect just based on what we saw in the Masters, the, the handle will be really, really good, Ryan. You know, Chuck, I always have this problem like Masters weekend because I have so much money tied up. And that's why Sunday was so disappointing because obviously Matsuyama, like great story. But unfortunately for me, I didn't have any money on him. So um, as far as like I always overreact after day one or after day two. And Justin Rose gets out to that big four stroke lead, but he was still plus 400 on the board. Do people jump at that? Do people jump at that getting plus money with him out to that great start this weekend? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think with, with all sports guys, but especially when it's in a, a tournament like this or an event, they're looking for value. So if you're able to get some some good plus prices on guys that they think you know can make a run and there's some value there, they're going to absolutely pounce on it. I think you know you looked at so many of these guys going into that final day that uh, you did see their numbers you know adjusted dramatically over the the second round and the third round based on where they were at, but. Um, it, it just becomes such a big event for us. I, I can't stress it enough that the handle goes up every single year. There's so many good young golfers out there, and you're not just looking at the guys at the top. If it's if it's DJ, DJ or Shambo or JT or Kepka, they're looking at, at value up and down the board. Um, we saw the dramatic decline in odds on, on speed after he won at Texas on Easter. Um, but, but overall handle was really good, but I would say when it comes to value, if you can get a guy with a plus price after that second round, after the cut, I think they were pouncing on that pretty much across the board. Just not a lot of faith that Matiyama would actually hold on and win it. Yeah, sure. This is BetQL Daily, Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat. Our guest, Chuck Esposito from Station Casinos. Uh, the impact of the Masters, I always find fascinating. Obviously the biggest tournament of the year. And the perception, once you win or once you go top five at Augusta, sometimes you'll never see numbers like that again. Just uh, your perspective on the future now, at least let's say over the next year with some of these guys that finish top. Of course, Hideki, you're not going to get him 50, 60, maybe for years unless he has a long streak uh, where he's not playing that well. A lot of people very high on Zelatoris as, as a player. First time at Augusta, unbelievable. He finishes second. He gets $1.2 million. Spieth looked great. Didn't cash those 50, 60 to ones that were out there from months ago, but he looked terrific. Uh, Rom with a great showing right after having a child. Leishman goes top five. Xander Schauffele was in the mix. So uh, these names that we're talking about that go top five, or if you want to branch out to top 10, guys like Cam Smith with another strong performance at the Masters, are, are we going to lose some of these larger numbers in future tournaments? I think you'll lose some of the larger numbers, but it, it, I think it's so competitive now. And there's so many of these young golfers that are so good. And we've seen over the last five years, how many different golfers have won majors that I still think there's going to be some value there. I think Val Torres was so good and, and Ron, we had a lot of money on. I mean, when you talk about Matsuyama, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, 
he was 60 to one. And although we were taking some $500 bets on him at 60 to one, we weren't really moving the needle much on him because he was so far down the board. Um, but of course that will change. You're not going to see him at 60 to one again. Um, but uh, again, there's so many of these young golfers that are so competitive and so good. I think you don't see that overwhelming favorite like you did with Tiger at times. You're going to see guys that are in that seven, eight, 10, 12, 15, 20, 20 to one range, or maybe above that. So you still can get some value on these guys, just not quite in that 50 to 60 to one range or greater. Chuck, what were the biggest surprises to you? Uh, a positive and negative, maybe on the negative side, someone that didn't make the cut that you expected to compete and somebody that showed up top five, top 10, you weren't expecting. Well, I would say, of course, DJ. I mean, it's just kind of a, a stunner. I mean, I think everybody with, with what he did just five months ago and, and the way he dominated the tournament. I mean, I knew and we talked about it that it's not going to be the same course. You're going to have these pins placed at, and spots where these guys have never seen before to make it a little bit more difficult. They weren't happy with somebody running away with a tournament like that. Uh, they wanted the intrigue and the, and the drama that, that we kind of saw yesterday and, and on Saturday. Um, so I would say with him not even making the cut was kind of a surprise. And just really seeing the way that Matsuyama led, you know, through, throughout over the last couple of days. And although he had a couple of a shaky holes, only ended up winning by one. Um, you know, I was kind of surprised that nobody else really kind of made that big, big run uh, yesterday. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Chuck, moving over to baseball, obviously a uh, busy weekend with baseball going on as well. Anything that you've noticed as far as the futures market? you got a team like the Phillies that's off to a fast start. Yankees fans were freaking out a little bit. Now I think they're going to be just all right. Uh, anything that you're noticing with the uh, World Series futures market? Yeah, I think I'm going to try to take credit again for the Phillies. I know I've talked about it with <laughs> you guys on, on a few different um, shows that, you know, I thought they were kind of the forgotten team in the East. And, uh, I mean, they are just so hot at home right now, 5-1. and one. I think you look at how well they played the Reds. They were that Vogue team that we talked about last year that got all that hype. We knew offensively they could flat-out hit. Uh, weren't, weren't so sure about their pitching, but I think the Reds are off to a really good start as well. The Red Sox have bounced back, you know, in a hurry after struggling early on now. I mean, they are really playing well. I think for me, the team that's a little bit of a disappointment is kind of the cold star of the A's. I think everybody felt that that Oakland would, would, would do a little bit better than that. And the same thing with the White Sox. I know that they lose um, Eloy Jimenez before the season starts, but at, but at four and five and, and Hendricks blowing a save and just not getting that same, you know, hitting, I think, that everybody expected them to get, uh, they're kind of a little bit of a disappointment for me as well um, through the first, uh, you know, week or so of the season. But that Phillies team, I think, again, possessed a lot of value in the future book coming in. Um, and and we, we've seen that so far with the way they've played. Toronto, the other team, guys, that we talked about, got a lot of play. Uh, they're four and five right now. They're playing an awfully tough uh, division, but they were the team that everybody pounded before the season as well in the American League. 
What about over in the NBA? Because I feel like all the favorites for like, I feel like it's wide open for the first time in like 10 years. Obviously last year in the bubble situation, things were a little bit different, but the Lakers, the heavy favorites going into the season, we don't know what Anthony Davis and LeBron James status is going to become playoff time. Are they going to be fully healthy? The Nets look great, but we really haven't seen all three of their stars on the floor at the same time. Any teams out there, maybe like a Phoenix or a team that's taken some money as far as uh, NBA uh, title futures? Yeah, I would say Phoenix is definitely that team. They, they finished so strong last year in the bubble, and the, the odds were extremely high, and the way they finished was quite impressive. I think the Nuggets, too, are starting to gain some, uh, some traction, 8-2 uh, and two in their last 10 games. Um, yeah, I think when you look at the West, and the, the Jazz were so good, uh, kind of went through a little bit of a speed bump there, but it's kind of righted the ship of late as well. And a lot depends on, I think, the health um, you know, of the Lakers and Nets. Everybody thinks they're on a kind of a collision course. These two teams still are, are adding pieces whenever they can, which I don't necessarily agree with the way the NBA is structured, but that's just my personal opinion. Um, but I think overall you're right, that it is a little bit more open than we've seen in the past. And I think you'll see a lot more competitive series in the first round uh, than maybe we've seen in the past. You always look at the NHL and look at that first round and say any, at any time, uh, you know, a number eight seed can beat uh, a number one seed in the conference. And that hasn't been the case in the NBA, but I do think you'll see a much more competitive uh, early round of the playoffs this year. With Chuck Esposito, Station Casinos here on BetQL Daily. Any recent movement in the NBA futures market and MVP? Uh, not really, guys. I mean, I, I think at this point of the season, you you're, you just see teams kind of, uh, we're just kind of jockeying stuff, just minor tweaks here and there based on um, uh, other teams and, and kind of money coming in. Most people look for the value early on. Again, I would go back to the, the Western Conference. It's Suns and Nuggets. I would say the Nuggets, probably the biggest team that we've seen uh, some action on. And, and even in the Eastern Conference, although they've kind of been the forgotten team a little bit, it's Atlanta. Played really well over the last 10 games. And, and just because of what the price was on them, uh, you see some value bets on them as well. But those would kind of be the three teams right now that we've seen a little bit of action on the future book. Chuck, what should we keep an eye on to this afternoon with the NHL trade deadline? I think there's a lot. I think the fact that Taylor Hall got moved uh, last night, I'm kind of surprised that um, that Buffalo didn't get more for him. I mean, everybody that, that I had talked to is that, you know, that they kind of made this signing hoping that him and Eichel would be that dynamic duo. And if for some reason they were out of contention, they could get a boatload uh, for Taylor Hall. But, you know, with just two goals and not playing well and Eichel out for an extended period, they did not get a lot for him. Uh, I think kind of curious to see. We've already seen kind of, a, you know, Toronto active. You've, you've seen um, uh, Boston get active now. Pittsburgh, uh, Columbus is kind of on a, on a fire sale right now. Kind of anxious to see what uh, the team in my backyard does, and that's the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, they've, they've shown historically that they're willing to trade. Um, however, they don't have a lot of cap space. It might be more of a of a one-for-one. One. Are they going to kind of disrupt the apple cart and trade one of these guys to get another piece that they think that they need? Um, but I think it's going to be a busy next kind of two and a half to three hours just based on what's going to happen later this summer, and that's with the Kraken coming into the league. They can talk to mm -hmm. teams right now. Um, so teams are already looking at who they're going to protect, who they potentially could talk to Kraken out of not taking by giving them another piece. So I think it's going to be quite interesting over the next two and a half hours, guys. I expect a lot of movement across the board.
Chuck, I know it's really early. When do you start seeing some action as far as college football, though? Just because last year was so weird where we didn't really know if we were going to get a season. But, you know, are you seeing any value or anybody come in as far as like, I, obviously the Heisman's going to be tough to call because we don't even know who's going to be out there. But as far as like national champions or win totals, anything like that? Not as much yet, guys. I think, you know, as we talked about, April is such a fun month because there's so many things that are that are going on um, that uh, college football now is a little bit off the, the radar. Um, I think the one thing that you're seeing uh, a lot is that uh, um, is more so for uh, the NFL. We're talking about the futures right now in the NFL and then the draft. I mean, we're in the process of putting a just a slew of draft props up. And it's a little bit difficult because it looks like three quarterbacks, you know, one, two, three, maybe four uh, for the first time ever. But we're going to have a lot of draft props up that we can kind of chat about, excuse me, in the coming weeks. And that's kind of the big focus in football right now is the draft. Perfect. It's not stop, Chuck. Next time uh, you visit, we're going to have to talk about the Kentucky Derby because that is less than three weeks away. Uh, Chuck Esposito, race and sportsbook director at Station Casinos, kind enough to join us every week right here on BetQL Daily. It's Joe Ostrowski, Ryan Horvat. We're going to focus on the NBA next. Mike Gallagher will drop by. We'll get his thoughts on title, MVP, and all these contests tonight. Keep locked on the BetQL Audio Network.